97X. Band. The future of rock and roll. Welcome to Dong Teeny, episode 19. On today's show, Simone recounts her trip to Chile to see Faith No More. Stephanie reports on a creepy Mars Hill preaching competition, and a story of bathroom stall phone sex is shared. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well. How are you, Dong, Simone? I'm Dong Great. How was Chile? Chile was great. So for those of you who don't know, I just went to Chile. So um, yeah, where do I begin? So the purpose for my trip was, for those of you who know me, this won't sound too you know crazy, but uh, for those of you who don't, it might. But um, you know, I'm a notorious fangirl and have been you know for all of my adult life and also my teen years. So. Um, <laughs> I've gone and seen bands all over the world and, you know, just chased them around and seen a gazillion shows of all my favorite bands. So um, Faith No More is one of my all-time favorite bands, and they were doing a series of shows in South America. And, um, you know, of course I couldn't go. And then my dear friend Tommy, both of our friend Tommy, she really, really wanted to see, they, they announced they were doing a special show. And they were doing um, the album from 1995, King for a Day, Fool for a Lifetime. They were doing King for a Day, start to finish, um, which they'd never done before. And they were playing with the original guitar player. And the uh, guitar player, not the original the guitar player, but the guitar player that played on that album. And that is the guitar player from Mr. Bungle. So, yeah. Okay. So is that the album that had the wolf? It was black and had red wolves Yeah, it was it? red and black and had that dog on the front. Yes. A dog. dog. Okay, yes, I had yes. that. Then. So you okay. know the album. You know yeah. the album. Now, for those of you who don't understand yeah. the, the Mr. Bungle Faith No More thing, I'm trying to, I mean, this sounds crazy because, you know, the Beatles, of course, are number one. But imagine that there was, you know, like a Wings album and George Harrison had, like, played on one album and then never played live with them <laughs> ever and then, like, 16 years later, he's like gonna play live with them and you know, just do this whole album start to finish and you loved it and it was like really important in your life. That's kind of what it's like in our Faith No More Mr. Bungle community. So it was a huge, huge deal. <laughs> but I didn't even have time when I found out about this, I didn't even have time to freak out and be like, oh my God, I wish I could go because Tommy sent me a text saying, Faith No More doing King for a Day with Trey and I wanna go and I wanna take you with me. And I was like, what? Wow. So. I, for the whole the time I knew about it, it was like, oh my god, I think I might be going to this. So, and this album, like at the time this came out, this was like when I shifted from being into Ugly Kid Joe. Pause for laughter. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> when I shifted from being into Ugly Kid Joe and I switched into Faith No More, it was this album that was at the core of that. I saw them live for the first time on this album. I was like, oh my god, and it really sent me on the trajectory that I'm on to this day, you know, my, you know. I, so is that why, was that where you met Greg? No, no, tour? no, he was tour managing Mr. Bungle, but I got into Mr. Bungle because I got into Faith No More. So I got into Faith, because I got got into into Faith, Faith no, no More. Mike Patton is the singer also for Mr. Bungle. So I got into Mr. Bungle as well. And then I went crazy and had a petition to get Mr. Bungle to tour Australia. And then they did, and then they, 
I went to every show in Australia, which was 15 shows, and Greg was their tour manager. That's how I met him. Yeah. So my whole life really, oh, wow. you know, goes back to this King for a Day album. It's very, very important to me. So it is yeah, so so that's that's why we went. So, um, but of course, it's exciting because I've never been to South America either. So. Yeah, so I didn't know what to expect, really. <laughs> Do they have Taco Bell there? They don't have Taco Bell, but <laughs> right across from my hotel, there was an Applebee's. <laughs> ah, was, oh my yes. God, that's Isn't awful. It? That's like angering. That makes me yeah. mad. Why does that make this me is mad? Like, I've, I've just left the airport. I got, we went straight from the airport to the hotel, and there I see a fucking Applebee's. And, and when I told Greg this, he was like, why did they have to open one there? Couldn't they have opened a fifth location in Fresno? <laughs> Remember on a couple episodes ago when I was, I was telling, I was like, tell me again what you said on Natasha's podcast about what <laughs> Applebee's had tweeted. <laughs> they tweeted to at wet. Yeah. I can never not think of that in connection with Applebee's. I know. Oh Applebee's God. and wet pussy is synonymous. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly for the reaction women have when they go by the restaurant. <laughs> not speaking about me, of course. Of no. course not. Um, so... Okay, you guys went straight to the hotel. Yeah, we went straight to the hotel. And um, yeah, it was weird because it just seemed really sort of like, you know, poor, like on the ride from the airport. The airport's quite small and you just see all these like sort of sad looking houses and stuff. And then you go through this tunnel and the tunnel seems like it's like two kilometers long. And then you pop out the other side and it was all fancy and nice. And I was like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> so um, so then we just popped out in this area it's and like it wasn't trip. too long after we came out the tunnel that we were at our hotel. We were staying at the W. It's like a warp tunnel. Yeah, it was like magical. At the W? Yeah, we stayed at the W. Do they have... Um do they have fireplaces on the roof of W's in South America, um, too? I don't know. I think there were more. We, we went up to the pool level, which I think was like level 12 or 14 or something. I forget what level the pool was on. But it was so nice because you were just, you know, we had a little cabana and we we're just like looking out and we can see the Andes from the pool. And yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, we're just drinking caipareñas. I don't think that we're saying caipareñas oh. correctly because. I bet we're not. No, because I went to the bar. I got had one and then I went to the bar to ask another because the service is really strange there. So nobody really came back <laughs> to us like, we want to give you more money for more <laughs> beverages. It's a nice, sunny, hot day. <laughs> and no one came back, so I went up to, to get it, and then I said caipareñas, and the guy was like, what? Like, he didn't know what I meant, because, you know, he didn't speak English, and I said it again, and then I think he figured out that I meant however he would say caipareñas. So, <laughs> anyway. I know, I, and I also can't pronounce what's in it, like cachaça or something. Um, I don't know how to say it. Cote always tells me. Yeah, that, but. Well, I, I, have, I have no idea. But, um, was this in Santiago or am yes, I saying that wrong? Yeah, we, no, no. I, yeah, I think Santiago is correct. But I mean, everything is... Santiago. Santiago. Did you go to Santiago? Santiago. Yeah, I went to Santiago. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, it's the language there is like, I didn't... 
I guess I thought at least like at least the people in the hotel would speak some English, but even like the cab drivers, like pretty much no one spoke any English. So really, I mean, it was very rare. You know, we had a friend there who like showed us around one day. Camilla was really really sweet and lovely, and she just sort of worked as our translator. But it's really funny how when you're in the situation where some where you don't speak the language, and even if you know a few words, you can't even like someone will speak to you, and I can't even think to say no habla español. Like it can't, doesn't even come. I can't even. <laughs> And say it. And I remember one time I was in Paris, and I wanted these <laughs> chocolate croissants, and I, you know, and I just froze and pointed and just held up four fingers instead of saying quatre because I just couldn't like my just have a complete brain freeze, <laughs> even though I know how to say four in French. So it's like how we were talking about at work today when you have something dirty up on your computer at work and you have to close it real quick, but you forget how to. <laughs> exactly. And the dirtier it is, the harder it is to find the, the X. You're like, I don't know how to close this. <laughs> right now you know because the person is naked whereas if it was just something that was like you know just text that was crude you can sort of find it yeah. but the, the dirtier it is the harder it is to find <laughs> yeah but there was this one incident where we got in a cab and we were trying to go to another hotel because we had to a friend had left something there for me to pick up at the hotel so we get in the cab and we think you know you're a cab driver waiting at a hotel surely you'll recognize the name of another hotel when i give it so i'm like uh, we need to go to the sheraton He's like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, it's a hotel. And he's like, the Sheraton. And he's like, San Cristobal. And he doesn't quite, he thinks he sounds like he gets it. So he starts driving off. And then he's like, two minutes later, he's like, hotel. And I'm like, yes, hotel. Like, just the slight difference in the way we say hotel wasn't obvious to him. So, and then, oh. and then he pulled into like a Holiday Inn and asked the guy, and like we asked the guy that spoke English because the hotel people usually do and he translated and told the guy and he's like okay 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 so we had all this trouble just trying to say where we were going and anyway so then just after he takes off he knows where he's going you know we're okay then I'm digging in my bag and I can't find my fucking iPhone so I start freaking the fuck out I'm like hyperventilating like, oh, I lost my phone I lost my iPhone and I think I think I've left in the lobby at the W so I'm freaking out and then like I pull my purse out because that's what you would you just to get back to the hotel we just show the the card so I like I'm like we need to go back to the W and he doesn't understand so I pull the card out show him the card he's like okay okay and he just turns around and starts going right back there then I dig around then I find it it's the lining had split so it's gone between the lining yeah so I found it and then I say, okay, okay, it's okay, it's San Cristobal. And then he just turns around. It's like, I just loved that. That whole panic was universal of having lost something. We need to go where we came from. It's okay now, I found it. Like that whole panic and calming that happened. He understood all of that, despite not understanding me saying hotel. So it was, it was so simple. You just That's went around lovely. the block and yeah, we just kept going. So it was fine after that. So I really, I really enjoyed that moment, despite the complete heart failure I was having of losing my iPhone. So... <laughs> We are the world. Yes. But we are, um we are the children. So the um uh the big drink there is the Pisco Sour. Have you heard of this? No. Yeah, it's a special like liqueur called Pisco and so that's like the thing to drink and it ha it's that and it has egg white in it. Isn't that weird? Ew. Yeah, that's what I thought because I'm already like, you know, I've got sort of a, an yeah. odd relationship with eggs, you know. So you can't even look at at like soft boiled eggs. No, no, I hate. I only will eat eggs. omelets, and they have to be well cooked. If I find something runny in it, I start gagging. So the idea of having a drink with you know egg white in it just you know freaked me out. But it's like I have to do it. It's the local beverage, you know. So um, it's like that thing in kombucha that like 
blob that's like an egg white. Oh yeah, yeah, the weird culture out. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what is that? But when it's when it's made, it's all kind of it's all kind of frothed up, and you don't you don't really notice it. So we. Um, because, you know, I, I know the guys in Faith No More, so they invited us to hang out and after the show and uh, and uh, and have some drinks afterwards. So we made, met up with them at the bar, and then um, this gentleman sat next to us, and he's just chit-chatting with us. And we tried to order, and that's the thing, the service there is so strange. So we just got to the bar and said, uh, yeah, we'll get two Pisco Sours. And he's like, yeah, the bar is closed. And it's, it's like one in the morning. We're like, oh, okay. And everyone's still sitting around drinking. Then this guy that came and sat next to us and was chatting to us, he's like, why aren't you drinking? I'm like, we told us the bar is closed. And he was like, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll sort it out. So he talks to him in Spanish. And then the guy's like, okay, I'll make it. And so he starts making the drink. It's like, what just happened? But then it takes like 10 minutes to like make it. He's like doing all this other stuff. And the guy says, again, the Pisco Sours. He's like, yeah, 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 they're coming, they're coming. So there's always this weird lag between ordering and getting anything. So we get our drinks, we're sipping it, talking to this guy. When he finds out we're there to see Faith No More and that we know them, he's like asking to get invited to the party. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm not in the position to invite you to the party. So um, then he was kind of bummed out and he said, well, I gotta go. And I was like, okay, good night, bye. And then, um, then we finished our drinks and went to pay. And then the bartender's like, oh, it's okay, your friend, your friend, he, he paid for them. He put them on his bill and we're like, oh great, that's so nice. And then the guy's like, well, where is he? And I said, oh, he left. And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah, he left. And so he put our drinks on his bill, including whatever else he drank, and then he just left. And then our, the bartender was like, well, you have to pay. <laughs> We're like, we just met him. And he was like, yeah, I know. Like, he knew that we just met the guy who was now friend. <laughs> yeah. So You should have gotten him into the after party. <sighs> Maybe. He seemed like trouble. And he was. He seemed like it anyway, and he totally was. So then we like, look, we'll pay for our drinks. We're not paying for his. And then the bartender was so upset, he dashed the menu. <laughs> he dashed it into the corner, like, you know, threw it. Tossed it. Oh, he threw it? Yeah, he dashed it into the corner. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and so then, and then the party continued out on the on the on this on this, there's this little restaurant there, and. They just had such a hard time, like, bringing drinks again. Like, it was like half an hour. We ordered some wine. They said, there's only wine and there's only beer. So it's like, okay, we'll get wine. Then the other table orders, like, a bunch of Pisco Sour. So I'm like, well, I wanted another Pisco Sour. So that takes half an hour. Then somebody, then suddenly, like, 20 Pisco Sours come out. 20 fucking Pisco Sours came out. Yeah. So, yeah, it was ridiculous. (laughs) But um, yeah, so because, and then there were more Pisco Sours than anyone wanted to drink. So I ended up having four. And it's one of those drinks. How strong are they? Well, it's one of those drinks where they don't taste really strong, but then Uh-oh. it, it kind of gets the better of you. So by the time I went to bed at four, I was pretty, pretty wasted. So, so I went to sleep. And it's like four o'clock. Luckily, I mean, you know, I don't, not stupid, I don't get this crazy drunk if I'm like somewhere else. But, you know, I'm among friends and I'm staying at the hotel. So I didn't feel like I was, you know, getting drunk in a strange place and God knows what would happen to me. So I pass out. Then probably an hour later, I think, I really needed to pee. Now, earlier in the day, Tommy had been upstairs taking a nap and I was hanging out in the lobby using the computer and stuff. And I'd had a beer with lunch, so I had to keep peeing all the time, like every 10 minutes. And I kept using the bathroom down in the lobby and I kept going down this hallway and using this, you know, lobby bathroom. So, and I used it once while we were, we were out drinking at night. So then I wake up at five 
and my brain just thinks, oh yeah, you gotta go down the hall to go to the bathroom. So I open the door and I am like walking the halls of the ninth floor looking for the bathroom. And and I'm like, I'm, I have no clue and I can't find it. And then I find like one of those little nooks, you know, like where there's a vending machine and I think that's it. And you know how your brain, when you're at the door, your brain tells you, okay, you can go now. But I was, I had that moment and then there was no bathroom. I was like, oh no. It was so bad. So I managed to hold it and I was like, what do I do now? Should I go down oh, to the crap. lobby? I was I was hoping like, that you didn't. No, I know you were hoping I was going to piss, but I didn't piss my pants, thankfully. And so I, I, I get it together. I'm like, what am I going to do now? Am I going to go back down to the lobby? I'll go back to the room. And then I get back into the room. I'm like, oh, there's a bathroom in here. <laughs> I was thinking the fucking W, not a hostel. Of course, there was a fucking bathroom in my room. Anyway, but thankfully, you know, all drops of urine made it into the bowl. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad I succeeded in that. <laughs> But that's like the worst thing I've ever done while drunk, which is actually pretty good, I think. So, yeah, that is actually really good. It's really helpful too, because the room numbers were probably like each each number was like a foot tall, so it was really easy to find it when I was stumbling around. Like I knew the number, I'm like that's it. Like if it was small, I don't know what would have happened. And I did have the foresight to you know the little the little lock the the little um what's the thing like the chain thing that you put. You know, the little oh, flap yeah. thing. Like, I put that to keep the door open so it didn't lock behind me. I had enough sense to do that. So I was able to to get back in. But, um, but yeah, but the show, the Faith No More show. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so they played the album start to finish. And So, wait, where were you? Were you out in the audience or off to the side or what? Well, I w- we were going to see if we could get side stage, but I really didn't want to because you, this, even though you can see really well usually, the sound, and you don't have to get crushed, the sound isn't mm-hmm. the same and the vibe and the Chileans the Faith No More is like huge in Chile still it's that's their biggest audience for some reason so yeah so we kind of really want to experience the the crazy Chilean you know enjoyment of Faith No More and just before they started this guy was pushing so hard on Tommy and she was kind of freaking out and then he said something in Spanish like like criminal or something like that and I, oh my something she, I think she figured that he was saying I would commit crimes to see Faith no more like it just meant so much to him and she kind of felt Whoa. bad and was sort of like you know I'm gonna just let him go because this fucking means so much to him and she'd been having a good run of time with Faith no more and seen them so many times and hanging out and whatnot so she just didn't worry about it and she let him go but but yeah but the crowd was insane the first two songs and then during the third song evidence when I looked up and I saw Mike Patton and Trey like together because the crowd had kind of calmed down I just got like I just started bawling my eyes out because I couldn't believe like seeing them together playing this album and I was like my god Trey really played on these songs you know originally and there he is playing it now. It's like he'd got so disconnected from it because he, he left before they ever did any shows on that tour, you know? So it was just like, oh my God, it just really, really blew my mind. So I cried so much. And they had a horn section Aww. for this for the Star ED that has horns no on it. Yeah, and they had a choir for just a man. Jeez. It was insane. It like, ugh, I couldn't, like, it just overwhelming. And I've heard that song live so many times that I thought, oh yeah, whatever, it'll be just a man again. But oh, no. I thought it was crazy good. It was crazy good. It like, because when you go to that much trouble to see something, you kind of worry, like, is this, am I, you know, have I gone too yeah. far? Can this be as good as for all the trouble I'm, we're taking to go? Mm. But it so was worth it. Like, once it was happening, it was like, 
this is beyond what I imagined it could be, just hearing an album like that start to finish, especially one so important. And as I was hearing it, like the importance just, like I kind of forgot almost because I've listened to it so many times over the years that it sort of brought, brought me back to that place again. So it was a really, really major event. And they also played a B-side from that album that he'd never, ever, ever, oh. ever played before. And I, oh. Ever, ever? Ever, 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 never, ever. So that was so exciting. So... Yeah, it was one of the greatest, uh, greatest uh, fan things I've ever done. Thank you, Tommy. Aww. I love you. <laughs> oh, Tommy's such a good friend. She is such a good friend. But you know, I, you know, I got her, got us into the show, and you know, we got to go to the after party and hang out and all that kind of good stuff. So, you know, we both had our, both had our contributions to to the magical happenings. Because my contact show wouldn't have been worth shit um, while I was rotting in LA, would it? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was Roddy there? Yeah, Roddy was there. Yeah, he came and chatted to yeah. us by the pool. Yeah. How's he doing? He's doing good. Yeah, he's very sweet. I love Roddy via Imperial team. Yes, but yes, you're a big Imperial a team fan. I love that. Um, but Bill Gould, this one, this is a funny story that I was um, saving to tell you uh, on oh, the yeah. show. So, so Bill Gould, the bass player, I've known him since I was 18 or 19. And uh, yeah, so he, you know, put us on the guest list and, you know, just kept giving us tips and advice. And he's always looked out for me and put me on guest lists. And, you know, he's been really good to the, the whole Faith No More fan community. Like anyone that would do stuff for the band, he would always, you know, look out for them. So he's really sweet. So after this magical experience, you know, we wanted to, to, to get him a gift. So um, we didn't have time to get it for him while they were still in Santiago, but they were going to, um, to Sao Paulo next. So we got it. We wanted to, he said, we want to get you a present and send it to the hotel. And he's like, okay, sure. Well, he said, you don't have to. And we're like, no, we really want to. He's like, and Tommy said, what do you, what name are you registered under? And he said, Justin uh -oh. Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on the fucking phone to, to, to Sao Paulo saying, I need to organize a gift for a guest registered under the name Justin Bieber. <laughs> Do you have any idea how fucking humiliating that is? Tell me what they said. They just they just treated it like normal. I don't know, but I was worried. Oh, like I don't know how okay. I don't know how popular Justin Bieber is there, or or if they thought, oh my god, is he staying here or what? I don't know what what the deal was. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So I took so so then I'm like, we get these emails back because then they said email us that what you want and everything, and um, then we get these emails back saying we already put the wine and attached card in the room for Mr. Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was pretty pretty um, ridiculous, but um, but it was worth it, and I'm glad we got to uh, send gifts to Bill because he totally deserved it. But yeah, let's see—is there anything else I needed to needed to to mention? Not really, no. Oh, I know there was one major thing was, oh no, now I'll just sound like a jerk. Maybe I'll cut this out. But, um, <laughs> well, outside the hotel, there were all these fans waiting to meet them. And, um, and at this point, I'd already like bumped into a bunch of them and, and you know, chit-chatted and whatnot. And then I saw these fans and I was like, wow, that was me 16 years ago. Because that's how I first met Mike Patton oh, and Bill Gould. I was waiting so outside a radio station to meet them. And, you know, yeah. it just meant the world to me. And I just kind of was like, wow, I'm, I'm so lucky. My fortunes changed and I got to know all these people all these years later. But yeah, but it was, you know, I just really, you know, I, I, I was like excited for them because I knew that feeling too. So... Yeah, it was really sweet. That doesn't make you sound like a jerk. It doesn't? leave that in. No, I don't think so. Probably it Listeners, does to the people who are waiting outside. <laughs> Suckers. Yeah. You should leave that in. Okay. I think it's cute. Thank you. 
So yeah, I think uh, I think everyone's heard more than enough about that. So Stephanie, <laughs> what were you up to while I was gone? I understand that you went to a goddamn preaching competition. <laughs> I didn't even mean to just throw in goddamn in front of that, but I did. So <laughs> no, I'm I'm pretty sure that God would damn this preaching competition yeah. from His throne on heaven God. because. <clears throat> this was at Mars Hill Church here in Seattle that drives me crazy because I think they're mean and bad and they twist around things that are good and true. And they also think that women, sh- they're, they're total misogynists. So yeah. that's just that's just one part of it. Anyway. Um, women even allowed to like con- compete in this uh in this oh no oh god no oh, this was all men preaching Whoa. I, I think i was i was one of the few women even there but of course they're all in the audience and this is something else interesting maybe i'll save this for i'll save that part for later so um we got this i got someone sent me a link to the facebook invite for this <laughs> preaching competition and it said we're having mars hill q school and q is like for quality or something like that uh-huh. and they go, we're going to have our first preaching competition in the style of American Idol with Mark Driscoll playing the part of Simon Cowell. Jesus. Minus the V-neck sweater. Minus the tight V-neck. I'm like, whatever. Oh, so, and they just had a panel of judges. And these like four guys <laughs> were other preachers from other Mars Hill campuses, other pastors there. And most of these guys didn't even go to any kind of Bible school. They, like, had been in, like, computers or, you know, went to regular college and had a job in marketing or something. And then they started going to Mars Hill. And Mars Hill's like, hey, you can be a pastor. And so then they just kind of start being a pastor after going to the church for, like, two or three years. It's really strange. Yeah. So, anyway, one guy flew all the way from Albuquerque <gasps> to from Mars Hill, Albuquerque. And he was the first one preaching. And um, the grand prize would be that you get to sub for Pastor Mark Driscoll when he's out of town. Oh, <laughs> God. And David, David, David's like, so um, you get the honor of flying in from out of town, or you know, driving all this way, whatever, to leave your own congregation that you're supposedly pastoring, so that you can substitute for Pastor Mark because he's too busy and important to be there that week. Uh, God, it's it's really uh, it makes my chest hurt just thinking about. It. Yeah. So, um, the first guy got up and preached and. Um, he, he actually seemed like a sweet guy. He This was in the middle of the day, too, that uh-huh. we went. And there were I was like, where where is everybody? Like, all the women, of course, are home with the kids. It was just a weird time to have it. So, wow. anyway. Uh, yeah. It was a <laughs> so, it was like a glaring lack of women there. Well, there was an interesting, yeah, yeah, absence of women. And um, when we were walking in, we saw, like, we, we, you know, parked down the street and we're walking up. And we saw, like, four or five guys that were dressed in, like, you know, you could tell they were expensive jeans and, like, Kenneth Cole boots kind of type situation. And, uh-huh. um, and they were all walking in a pack from the parking garage across <laughs> the street. And they're walking in a pack. I was like, oh, God, that's got to be one of them. That's got to be that's got to be all of them, actually, all the main pastor guys. And sure enough, it was. And they're just, like, kind of moving in this pack. And Mark Driscoll was there. And he's, like, spray tanned. He's super tanned, but in an orange way. And David goes, he, he looks like a big, beefy carrot. <laughs> so they, they walked right past me without incident. And people who knew I was going were like, oh, I bet you the, you know, their security team's going to kick you out. They'll be looking for you. I was like, that would be, like, the biggest compliment in the world if that's actually what they did. But yeah. um, no one said anything. Thing. I got in. I did notice that on the doors that it says, you know, welcome to Mars Hill Church. There will be no af- inflammatory signs or t-shirts allowed. <gasps> 
it's, it's really strange. I'll send you a picture. And they have security. They have, like, all these guys wearing security team shirts. Mars Hill Security. Wow. And that's because, every, you know, a lot of people want to kill Mark Driscoll, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or hurt him because of his teachings against women and that sort of thing. So um, the first guy from Albuquerque got up and spoke. And he was actually a really sweet guy. And I liked him because he didn't have, like, the stylized veneer thing that the rest of the guys had. Uh-huh. The rest of the, the Mark Driscoll kind of thing has. And, um... But what the the first kind of reviews they gave to him, they're like, you need you need to alternate the range of your voice. I was writing this stuff down, uh-huh. and uh, they go they go when you hit an emotionally high point of the sermon, just give that some pause. Like when you said when you said Jesus, then you should have paused for a little bit just to give that some weight. What? <laughs> wow. Was there a black man there telling him that it was a little pitchy? <laughs> Well, that's actually what he said. He goes, well, dog. And everyone goes, ha, ha, ha. That was the first thing he said. And everyone laughed like that was the funniest thing. Oh, no. And so then um, they go, Pastor Mark said to this guy, he's like, you look pretty styling. I hope this is a new date night outfit. Oh. (laughs) And he goes, I was like writing this down furiously. He goes, I like the fact that you held your Bible a lot. There's just something about a man holding a Bible. Oh. So insincere. Oh, I hate this. It's so weird. And he goes, he goes, we also, he goes, now you have, you mentioned your kids in your sermon, but we need a picture of them because um, that will give the people who watch you context into who you are. And your kid Hudson, he has a mohawk. We need to see that. If he's, oh, he said faux hawk. He goes, if your son Hudson still has that faux hawk, we need to see that. We need to get a picture of your family up here. Ha ha ha. It's really strange. And so, anyway, they go, well, your wife is here, and um, um, she flew in to surprise you. She flew all the way from Albuquerque to surprise you, and she's like, hi. And then um, the guy who is the big main preacher, Tim Gatos is actually his name. Yeah. He's the, the pastor for downtown, and he's like Guy Smiley. <laughs> like he was all, hey, yeah. <laughs> he was exactly like that, and he did not let a second of silence happen. Like, he did not. He was, like, so game show host. And he was like, Pastor Mark, is it okay if his wife Crystal comes up on the stage? Pastor Mark, would that be all right for his wife to come on the stage? I'm just like, go the fuck up on the stage like, and hug your husband because he flew all the way the fuck from Albuquerque, you asshole. So, let's see what else he wrote. I wrote down. David was, like, writing these down, too. Um, he goes... <laughs> Um, Pastor Mark hugged the wife before she went up there uh-huh. and he, you could tell he was whispering something in her ear and so she came up and she goes Pastor Mark said you can preach on Christmas <laughs> what? and everyone claps uh. and um, David, David you know like his dad's a pastor he's like, he's like that is the worst day of the year to preach on no one wants to preach on Christmas <laughs> really why does no one want to preach on Christmas well because it's Christmas you want to stay home with your family oh. and not go out and <laughs> plus you have to see all those people like my family who only go on Christmas <laughs> right it's like oh totally. now the church is full and overcrowded with these people who come twice a year <laughs> I know we always when we're in the Bay Area for Christmas we always go to Midnight Mass in Hayward uh-huh. and um, it's really beautiful because it's packed it's like everyone's just like sitting in the aisles and um they have a big a baby on, like a baby Jesus in the manger, like on a stick, and they like pump it up and down as they're walking down the aisle. And that's my favorite part. What? That sounds. <laughs> that's just like some Catholic quite... thing that they do. Yeah, totally. Wow. <laughs> Gosh. 
<sighs> but um, we had to leave a little bit of the way through, and I was like, I have to go in the bathroom. I have to see what's in the bathroom, if it's creepy or anything, if they have any weird signs. And there wasn't anything creepy in the girls' bathroom, except there was like little perfume spritzers in every single bathroom stall. So uh, Dave, uh, David said, oh, I got a picture of this weird poster that was in there, that was in the men's bathroom, and it was for recruiting for the men's security, the Mars Hill security team. And it, he goes, it looked like this 50s cartoon, and it said things like, the path, you know, why does Mars Hill need security? Because we need to protect the sheep from wolves. Oh. <laughs> so so I, we'll put that, I know, I know, we'll put that on the site, but I'm kind of like, is I believe that Mars Hill are the wolves and yeah. they're attacking the sheep. And this is why I have this thing going on where I'm like, hey, this is what they teach. You guys really want to swallow this? So how, I mean, how were you okay. feeling while, like, while you were there? Like, I just thought you'd be completely like you were when you went to that other campus the other day. You yeah. just like all the Christian yeah. culture was like making you feel almost ill. Did you have that same reaction? Yes. I didn't at all. And I think it's because I knew that I could talk about it on here yeah and um it was and i didn't have like a lot of experience going to that church and like feeling like you know i had been hurt by that exact church yeah so i think that really helped and yeah um thank goodness it was like that. beyond but it was beyond you know anything you could you really experienced it's like a whole yeah. other level yeah so it didn't resonate quite yeah as well deep, that's good yeah because when you said that i was like crazy. whoa is she okay <laughs> oh that's so nice yeah because i know these things are, are troubling to you well, what was really troubling to me this week is someone said on my blog's fa the Christian culture stuff Christian culture likes Facebook page. He goes, Stephanie, I don't like that you have you're saying bad things about about Pastor Mark Driscoll, and um, I think that you are a troubled person and that you approve of evil things. This guy said that to me, what? and um, yeah. yeah, that kind of bothered me because he he sent he unfriended David and like sent him these like super mean emails and stuff. So. Um, that, uh, that really bothered me for some reason, and I know that is connected to my past stuff with my parents. So, but anyway, are you feeling I, better like, about that was now? Actually I am. Today is a lot better, but yesterday I was like, yeah. not. I was having a hard time, and I journaled a lot. That helped. But, yeah, well, that's good. Um, yeah, all this stuff I've, that keeps coming up surrounding church that I have to work out. Big pain in the ass, but I think it's worth it because yeah, it'll never get it, worked out. Nothing is ever fully worked out, so. No, I know. Always there was a brief period where I thought, I think in my mid-twenties, I just thought everything was settling down and, you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, figured out, not in an obnoxious, yeah, I, I got this all figured out, but just like, you know, a lot of the drama was over and yeah, it was just beginning in many places. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly so, how it was for me when I was like 26 or something. Yeah, because I had like gotten kind of cocky and I'm like, oh, everything's fine. This is because you have a good run mind. and you think I'm a good run. I'm I'm an older now. I'm not like my early 20s and stupid. Okay, this this must be it, right? And then no, it's not. But that's okay. Once you realize that it's not, then you just get used to that for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's so much freedom, and, and I think yeah. that's why. Um, people react str so strongly to my speaking against Mark Driscoll because they're like, he's preaching the truth and you can't see that as any other way. And so it's very troubling, you know, for them. So. Yeah. What was that sound? It was me blowing a raspberry. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. What were you doing that for? Just because they're talking about <laughs> that you couldn't see the truth. So I went. <laughs> um, well, do you want to close out all this heavy stuff with, um, the uh, the email that you received. Um, oh my god! 
Now, now I warn you before you read this that while you're reading it in hilarity, I'm not sure I would want to read this myself because you realize anyone really? well, because. I mean, I have no problem reading it to you, but putting it on air like this, anyone that finds you hot, Stephanie, is going to really like listening to this over and No, over they're not. They are not. They're not going to like it at all. Stephanie. I'm not going to read it like read that. Read it now, Stephanie, please. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not going to now. Ask like that. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, so this is from my friend Stephanie, actually, and she's in Colorado, and um, she sent, she was IMing me, so this is all on the IM forum, but she's like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna appreciate this. <laughs> like 20 minutes minutes ago, I went to the bathroom here at work, and right before I started peeing, someone three stalls away was having phone sex. What? She was at first went. She was at first when I heard her making noises. I thought there were two girls in there getting it on. But then when it was over, she started talking and saying, I'm going to fuck you up. You're so bad. <laughs> she goes, she goes, then I started peeing, hoping she would hear me. And <laughs> so she just held it. She held it so she could listen to it. She this. held it because she wanted to see what was going on. So she goes, when I was, you know, when I was all done and went to wash my hands, she was washing her hands there, but she was still on the phone and she looked at me because she didn't know that I was in there. Ha ha, OMG. <laughs> she goes, I've, I've told like five people at work about it and no one is ever going to use the last stall ever again. <laughs> she goes, she kept making moaning noises. <laughs> I don't know her role here. Probably sales. At least she washed her hands. <laughs> wow. I was like, that is a juicy fine. Juicy. I don't think I've ever stop, stop it. Stop talking now. about you're the one who always talks about juices. I'm just, I know, I know. I'm always one I'm always the one who misinterprets it. <laughs> Marinating. Marinating. Alright. Well, I think we covered a lot there. So on that note, <laughs> we'll wrap things up. So uh, thanks for listening. Check out dongtini.com for any supplementary material. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Listen on Stitcher Radio. And um, I think that's about it. We're hoping to have some Dongtini merchandise for the festive season. So we'll <laughs> let you know if that actually materializes. <laughs> but we have some ideas. So uh, uh, please uh, gift that to a loved one or a hated one. <laughs> someone wanted... Someone <laughs> Someone wanted cocktail stirrers. Yes, yes. Tommy stirs. requested Dongtini cocktail stirrers, which are perfect. So I don't know about getting that together, but we'll definitely try. So <laughs> until next time, bye, Stephanie. Bye, Sue. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Don't let me die. That's it.